and said, you know what? Our God is able to deliver us. How many believe God's able? But even if he doesn't, we ain't bound down. Don't we need some even-if Christians today? What a blessing. Thank you so much, Pascal. Beautiful message and song. Esther chapter 9. We're going to get out of this chapter tonight. We'll have a, a break from Esther in the month of October, and then we finish up chapter 10. So we get out of chapter 9 before we get into October and really seal the deal on this thought of this Feast of Purim. So, so important. This, this celebration, this excitement that the people of God are enjoying, experiencing on purpose. Look at me tonight. Look at me tonight. It is possible for the child of God to get happy on purpose. Some of you don't believe that. Some of you believe that you have to be an emotional slave to your circumstance. I'm here to tell you, you can tell yourself that I'm going to have a good time based on the goodness of God. And this is what's happening in Esther chapter 9. Now, now, now if we ain't serve God, you couldn't get happy on purpose because you wouldn't have nothing to get happy about. But because you serve God and he's faithful, somebody say amen. Because you serve God, he doesn't change. Somebody say amen. Because you serve God and he's always good, always kind, because you serve God and he's always God, you can get happy on purpose if you will tell the reins of your brain, I'm going to remember what God has done for me. Preach, Pastor. Now look at verse number 29. Then asked to the queen, the daughter of Abihel, and Mordecai the Jew, wrote with all authority. Next two words to what? To confirm this second letter of Purim. And he sent the letters unto all the Jews. To the hundred and twenty and seven provinces of the kingdom of Hazarus with words of peace and truth to confirm these days of Purim in the times appointed according as Mordecai the Jew and Esther the queen had enjoined them and as they had decreed for themselves, somebody say amen right there. You know God is good when you're decreeing stuff for yourself. This didn't happen. It's not, it's not how this book started. This book started with a heathen man decreeing something for the people of God. But when God turns thing, turn, turn things around, they were decreeing things for themselves. <laughs> glory, glory. And for their seed. The matters of the fasting and their cries. And the decree of who? Confirmed these matters of Purim. And it was written in the book. Let the church say amen. Father, have thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin. Empty me of self. And fill me with glory. 
Help me to preach what thus saith the Lord. I pray, God, that you will do a work in the people of God. Make much of Jesus. Even on a Wednesday night, you're still good. Touch these young people here. They're getting closer and closer to adulthood. And when school is done and high school is over and classes aren't required anymore, I hope they'll still know that God is still good. Thank you for the fact they're in church on a Wednesday night on their senior trip hearing from God. Now do a work. Those of our people tuning in and those who listen another time later, speak to every heart, meet every need. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Established Purim. This is the section that we're in in the book of Esther. Of course, our theme of this book, we have said it over and over and over and over, over again. We're going to keep saying it because it hadn't changed. You say, Pastor, we said it last week. It's still true this week. Say it with me. God. Come on, talk to me. Say it again. Take it up a little bit. One more time with a bang. Now say amen to us. How many of you glad he's doing it? When it doesn't seem, even when I don't see him, he's working. Even when I don't feel him, he's working. Even when other people say he's not working, he's working. Why? He never stops working. He's a way maker and a promise keeper. How many of you glad about it? And this story is such a demonstration of that timeless truth. I titled this series this way because this book in 10 chapters never mentions the name God. No other book like that in the Bible. Just, we know God's there. We know God wrote it. By the way, how many believe all scriptures give my inspiration of God? That means God took men, Peter tells us. Holy men of God, as they were moved by the Spirit. They didn't write what they wanted to write. They wrote what God told them to write. That's why the Bible's perfect. How can the Bible be perfect? It was written by men. It can be perfect if it was written by men who were moved by God. And yet God inspired somebody to write a book and never put his name in the whole book. And yet you can't read the book of Esther. You can't read it from chapter 1 till chapter 10, verse number 3. You can't read one chapter in the book of Esther without being totally convinced that God is on the move. And yet his name is not written down. And God wants you to know, even when you can't see it on paper, I'm still moving. Some of you are facing a trial in your life. You're going through a difficulty. You're in the thick of calamity. You, you, you ever been smooth sailing on the road and all of a sudden you came up on a, on a traffic jam or you came up on an accident? I was riding back there talking to dad and I was just moving up 81. And all of a sudden we came to a stop in the middle of, in the middle of the day. I said, why are we stopping? You, you just smooth sailing and all of a sudden you stop. And when you stop, you can't go anywhere. You can't go right. You can't left. Go left. You can't go backwards. You can't go forward. You're just stopping. Stuck. Listen to me. Some of you in the Christian life feel like you're stuck. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter if you feel like you're stuck. If you're a child of God, you're not stuck because even when you're not moving, God's moving. Teenage, you have to understand that. You're living in a life that sometimes in the adolescent years, 
is overshadowed by, by your parents and your, and your leaders and your pastor. And by the way, sometimes when you're young, you are living under the shadows of someone else's faith. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the way nature is. But as you get older and you get out in this world, how many you know this world will chew you up and spit you out? And listen to me, you step out in this world and all of a sudden your, your, your faith got to be your own faith because somebody else's faith is not going to carry you through your storm because that person has their own storm to go through. And you're going to have to learn to walk with God for yourself. You're going to have to learn from the book of Esther that even when it seems like the world is winning, it seems like the devil is triumphing, even when it seems like the flesh is, 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 is winning in the battle, even when it seems like all the circumstances are going against you and you, you're like Job and you in one conversation you lose your barns and your animals and your kids and everything you own and the devil's trying to tear you up and your wife says curse God and your three best friends say you're in sin and your body's breaking down and your money's funny and, and everything that you have going for you seems to be gone. You've got to hold on to the unchanging hand of God and know that even when everything looks bad, God's still good. So we come to the end of all this. You know the story of Esther. At least you know the highlights, most of us. God's people are in Persia. The Persian king is ruling and reigning. He, he fires his queen because she won't show off for him. He's got to hire a new queen, so he gets all the virgins in the kingdom to, to come appear before him and pick the one he likes the most, and one of those virgins happens to be a Jew. By the way, this is not the message, but it pays to be pure. It might just get you in some spots that impurity won't let you into. And so she gets in there and ends up being the favorite. Aren't you glad when your child of God favor comes on you? She ends up being in the palace. She ends up being queen. But while she's queen, the king promotes a name, man by the name of Haman who hates the Jews because Mordecai, who happens to be a Jew, won't bow down to him. It's now how he hates all of the Jews and wants to destroy them. He talks his boss into signing a decree to destroy all the Jews. The boss doesn't know he signed a decree to destroy Jews. And his wife, his queen, is actually a Jew. Mordecai finds out about it, sends word to Esther, we're going down. You're going to go down with us. Maybe, just maybe, God put you in the kingdom, in the palace for such a time as this. Just maybe God's watch in heaven is working. You better do something about it. She says, fast and pray. I'm going before the king. She knows that if she goes before the king and he hasn't called for her, if he doesn't hold out the golden scepter, then the penalty is execution. So she's taking a risk. I wonder if there are any Christians in the building that will never be great Christians because you're not willing to take risks. Some of you young people are going to live for God. You're going to have to take risks. You're going to step away from your, your friend group. You're going to have to step away from status quo. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to put your cool points down and determine, I'm going to live for God. I may lose some friends. I, 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 I may lose some popularity. I, I, I may lose some, I may lose a starting spot on the team if I choose church over, over team. But, but if I perish, I perish. If I'm going down, I'm going down with Jesus. She did. Stretched out the scepter. You know the story. Eventually, Haman is exposed. He built gallows to hang the Jews, and instead he gets hanged on his own gallows. And now Haman's off the scene, and now Mordecai, who's been promoted and throughout this process got promoted because it got found out in the process that he was one that saved the king's life, and the king promotes him because he can't sleep in the middle of the night and says, Go, what did he ever do for that guy that, that saved my life? Pulled the records, finds out it's Mordecai, and Mordecai gets promoted, and now Esther and Mordecai are in the driver's seat. They're informing the king what to do about their own lives. And ladies and gentlemen, this wasn't Esther, this wasn't Mordecai, this wasn't Jews, this was God. So we come to the end, and now they're 
establishing a feast. This celebration is established for the express purpose of recognizing the deliverance that God brought. Can I talk to some delivered folk tonight? If you're saved, you've been delivered. Let me just remind you, if you're saved, you've been delivered. Well, Pastor, I ain't been delivered from debt. I ain't been delivered from aches. I ain't been delivered from pain. I ain't been delivered from high blood pressure. I ain't been delivered from borderline sugar. You've been delivered from hell. And somebody's got to schedule some celebrations. Some celebrations on purpose. So that's what Purim is all about, a dated celebration that, that they, 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 they set the date in correspondence with the deliverance. <laughs> The date was set on the day they won, and the day of rest followed it. And I told you we set our dates spiritually based on our deliverance. Do you have any deliverances? Hey, listen, David said I can fight Goliath because I know what it is to win against a bear and a lion. Ladies and gentlemen, don't wait for your big storm to learn to walk with God. Learn to walk with him in the little storm so you got some data in your portfolio to face the big storm. Listen to me, Goliath can't be your first battle. You ain't going to know what to do. You better have a lion and a bear. And some of you sleeping through the little battles and you're going to be prepared for the big battle. That's why you need church on Wednesday. That's why you need to read your Bible every day. Everybody want to go read it when the storm comes. You better read it when it's smooth sailing so when the storm comes, you know to keep reading it. Hmm. And so they're setting this, this feast, this determined communication. Mordecai is going to send word out and he's going to contact Everybody's going to send a letter out to let everybody know this, this feast is to be established. Everybody needs to go. No, Mordecai sends these letters, verse number 20, to establish them. And this determined communication was over a delightful commemoration. What are we celebrating, Mordecai? You're telling us to celebrate it, verse 22. Here's what we're celebrating. The days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies and the month which was turned into them from sorrow to joy and from mourning into a good day, they should make them days of feasting and joy. We're celebrating when God turned bad to good. We're celebrating when God turned rain to sunshine. We're celebrating when God turned sickness to health. We're celebrating when God turned darkness to light. We're celebrating when God turned defeat to deliverance. We're celebrating when God turned the end to the beginning. We're celebrating when God moved what I couldn't. Could I ask you, do you have any of those moments in your life where it was going this way and God turned it that way? It was going down and God turned it up. You were losing and all of a sudden you started winning. It was over and God said, no, it's just getting started. Somebody give God the praise tonight that he's turned things around. Amen. <laughs> praise his name. And so we're commemorating something. This is all, this is the people of God doing this. It's not them producing victory. It's them celebrating victory. Christian, it's not your job to produce the victory. It's your job to celebrate the victory. It's your job to make sure that you don't let the victory get forgotten. And we are, listen, we are living in days of Christian spoiledness. Somebody hear me tonight. We, we are so spoiled. Listen to me. The most spoiled people on planet Earth are Christian Americans. We're so used to stuff. Christians everywhere are spoiled, but I'm talking about the most spoiled people. We've been so used to luxury, we act like God owes it to us. 
And now we don't, you ever give something to somebody who, who's never had it before and watch them hoop and holler and celebrate and you're like, wow. Listen to some of these missionaries go to the foreign field and hand out Bibles and swarms of people come out in the streets and take a Bible and hold it to their hearts like, oh, this is so wonderful. And we're thinking, why in the world are they getting excited about the Bible? And God's thinking, why aren't you? But you've read it so long, you've got so many copies, and you're sitting in class, and you've memorized it so much, and you carry it so long, you forget that it is a wonderful phenomenon that I have God's words in my hands. And the reason why it's gotten old, stale, or uncelebrated is because we didn't put the things in place to make sure it is not forgotten. Sometimes around preaching and some of these churches are singing a song, we will remember, we will remember, we will remember the works of your hand. We will stop and give you praise for great is your faithful. Listen to me. The best way to not forget is to remember. Somebody get that right there. No, no, no. Forget seems to be a consequence, right? We don't, we don't typically forget by choice. We typically forget by consequence, but we remember by choice. Huh? So in order not to have the consequence of forgetting, you got to make the choice of remembering. By the way, people say God forgives and forgets. That's never in Scripture. The Bible says their sins and iniquities will he remember no more. He didn't forget your sin. He chose not to remember it. That means he doesn't bring it up. Do you think you can act a fool yesterday and God can't remember? It means based on the blood of Jesus Christ, he puts it somewhere where he does not bring it back to his mind and therefore judge you accordingly. Listen, if God chooses not to remember our sins, we should choose to remember his goodness. This is what this feast is doing. The distinct characterization, this is all helping establish Purim. It was called Purim because Pur was the lot that Haman cast to decide when to destroy them. And Purim is the plural of Pur. So when these Jews named it Purim, here's what they were saying. We know you named it to destroy us, but we're going to name it because God delivered us. In other words, we're going to make sure we don't forget what God did. And we're even going to name the feast something that will help us to remember what, listen, You know how your mind is, and you know how your flesh is, and you know how the devil is, and you know how the world is. You better set some Christian celebrations in your life and even give them names that remind you, this what the doctor told me, this what the banker told me, this what the devil lied to me about. This is what, you better write it down in a diary, put it up on a journal, go out and eat on every day of the year when it comes. Remind yourself, take some pictures, put some records down, ask people to tell you what happened, share it with your children. I'm just simply saying, get it somewhere in place that it does not go unremembered or forgotten because the goodness of God is too amazing to not be remembered. Very distinct. And then last week we talked briefly about what I call not just distinct characterization, but deliberate continuation. Look again at the text, would you read? Would you, verse 28, that these days should be remembered. You see that verse? And kept throughout what? Throughout what? 
every generation. This is intentional, intentional. Every family, every province, every city, that these days of perm should not fail among the Jews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. Watch this now. Here's the responsibility of this generation in Esther chapter 9. We've not, we've not only got to make sure we celebrate it, but we better make sure our children do too. Everybody want to pass something down. Everybody trying to pass something down. Everybody, everybody, everybody put it in your will. God know they're going to be fighting over who, who's there. I've never heard so many people talk about what the, what the dead person told them, but don't nobody, can't nobody verify. Mama told me she wanted, Mama ain't tell you nothing. Better be careful that we're not just passing down houses and cars and jewelry and, and clothes and we forget to pass down the remembrance of God. Have you given your children, have you passed along to them the remembrance of God? Tonight, write down lastly for this chapter, the decreed confirmation. The decreed confirmation. This is a deliberate continuation. Every family, every province, every city should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seat. But now the decreed, listen, they're establishing this feast among themselves because it needs to be celebrated. But now what they've established amongst themselves is decreed and confirmed. It is settled. It is fixed. It is firm. It's not going anywhere. Look at verse number 29. Then Esther the queen, the daughter of Abihel, and Mordecai the Jew, wrote with all authority. I want you to get some words tonight. Why don't you get some words in your thought process when we look at this confirmation in the last part of the text that ought to stand out in your mind. Notice what the Bible said. Esther the queen, the daughter of Abihel, and Mordecai the Jew wrote with all authority. I want you to think first of all about the word royalty. Now the queen is putting it down. Now, how many of you know when somebody in royalty writes it down, that's authority because royalty has authority. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, aren't you glad, aren't you glad that when you are proclaiming the goodness of God to generations, that proclamation is authenticated by God who's the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the king has authority. Listen, God doesn't sign off when you talk foolishness, but God signs on when you're talking about him. And sent letters unto the, all the Jews to the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Hazarus with words of peace and truth. Don't just write down royalty. Write, write this word down. Reassurance. Sent letters unto all the Jews to the 127 provinces of King Hazarus with words of peace and truth. Hey, listen, ladies and gentlemen, here's what, here's what rehearsing the goodness of God does for our spirit. It gives us peace and truth. Listen, listen. Our world is perishing. Please listen. Our world is perishing in the depths and despair of mental health crisis. It's the whole world. I mean, at, at, at every level. 
The kids are struggling. The athletes are struggling. The movie stars are struggling. Preachers are struggling. Billionaires are struggling. Politicians are Listen, mental health is no respecter of person. Listen to me. The, 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 the epidemic, listen, the worldwide pandemic of depression, listen to me, of, of, of suicide, of, of anxiety, of stress. People are absolutely falling apart. Listen to me. They're in turmoil. They're in crisis. They're in chaos. They can find no solidarity. They can find no serenity. They can find no peace. But let me tell you something. I'll tell you somebody who's walking around enjoying the Lord, somebody who's made it a part of his daily routine. I'm going to remember. Remember the goodness of God. And when you get up every day, you just start talking about God. God's been good. He saved me. He redeemed me. He gave me his Bible. He gave me his spirit. He gave me a home in heaven. He's building me a mansion over the listen, listen. He gave me a family. He gave me freedom. You singing the songs of Zion. You got Bible verses up on your wall. Listen, when you're talking about the goodness of God, here's what it brings. It brings peace and truth. And by the way, the world is lacking both of them. We got, we got chaos and fighting all over the globe. Listen, we're talking about international chaos. Right here, we got domestic. Right here, there's fighting, there's killing, there's arguing, there's bickering between families, between ethnicities, between uh, political parties. Everybody's fighting everywhere. Listen to me. We ain't going to find peace in the next president. You can only find peace from the prince of peace and truth. Lies everywhere. Who can you believe anymore? I mean, people just lie to live. So he says, sent letters. Let, think, about, think about this. Royalties. Letter, letters of royalty. Letters of reassurance. 31. To confirm these days of Purim in their times appointed, according as Mordecai the Jew and Esther had enjoined them, as they had decreed themselves and for their seed, the matters of fasting, and their crime. Verse 32. And the decree of Esther confirmed these matters supreme. And it was written in a book. Here's the last R I want you to think about. Royalty. Right? Reassurance. I forgot to mention this one. Repetition. Look at verse number 29. Wrote with all authority to confirm this second letter. Well, wasn't, let one, one, wasn't one letter enough? Listen, sometimes things are so important you need to write them a second time. That's what the goodness of God is. Ladies, it just amazes me. I, I meet some of the people who have the worst memory in the world, but they seem to remember the worst things about people. They can't remember anything till you do something wrong and they can't forget it because the flesh has a knack for negativity. So ladies and gentlemen, since we are more naturally instinctive in remembering bad, we got to put more effort for to remember good. So Mordecai said, I wrote one letter, but I'm about to write another letter because the goodness of God is that good. It needs to be repeated. So royalty, repetition, reassurance, and then 32, record. It was written in the book. Here's where I close it tonight. You got a book? Do you have a record book? A record book for what? The goodness of God. Do you have a record book? You do. You got a record book for a lot of stuff. 
you keep records for everything somebody done did wrong to you. You decide whether or not you're going to the function by going to your record book and see if they came to yours. You can't remember time service starts. You can't remember your tithes and offerings. You can't remember the 2023 theme. You, you, you can't remember special dates for your family. But you can still remember somebody didn't speak to you, somebody didn't notice you, somebody didn't, rec- somebody didn't treat you right 19 years ago. Because we long to hold on to foolishness. Now, I'll tell you why. Somehow, in all of your vivid recollections, the goodness of God gets forgotten. I'll tell you why. You didn't put it in the record book. So I'm, I'm encouraging all the people of God. Get your record book. Get your record book. By the way, it's probably good to have your record book in the same place you keep your prayer list. You know what the best thing about prayer lists are? When one gets answered. I love to mark it off. And don't, don't erase it. Mark it off. So every time you look at the mark going through it, you remember it, 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 it was, but it ain't no more. It was written in the book. You know what it means? It, it means that years later, a group of individuals known as the body of Christ in Northern Virginia, three miles from the Pentagon at 5811 Hoffman's Lane, Bayless Crossroads, Virginia, could meet on a September Wednesday evening between 7 and 8 o'clock. And even a group of young people could ride in on their senior trip and join them. And years later, they could still be celebrating the deliverance of God in the Jews' life that happened thousands of years ago because somebody made sure it was recorded in the book. Here's the question, then I'm done. A hundred years from now, who in the world is going to still be celebrating what God has done for you because you made sure before you left earth that the goodness of God was recorded in the book? Our Father, help us. Help us, God. Work in us and through us. I hope that you will help us to remember. Let me say, Pastor, I need to do a better intentional job of remembering the goodness of God, recording it, reminding myself of it. Because I sure do that about all my problems. Well, I tell you what, I just talk them up. I just, it's just so bad. At the, I just so bad. Everything's just so terrible. We just, we just talk ourselves up into it. Here's the thing. Somebody need to talk God up. We will remember. Keep record of the goodness of God. Put it down. And make sure it gets in. Now, Lord, I pray you help us. Bless your people. 
we seek as best as we can to honor the Lord. You've been so good to us. Thank you for the joy of being in your house. And I pray, God, that you are. You'll keep working in all of us. Forgive us for forgetting. Help us to remember. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Thank you so much.